Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. There's a fire on the mountain burning out of control. The sky is set ablaze in all its red and gold. Temperatures rising and the wind is blowing hot. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM streaming live at nhtalkradio.com. We are now a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes for all you people with mobile phones. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life with the Birches by calling 224 9111. And I'm very pleased to be joined today here in the beautiful springtime of New Hampshire by Chris Ryan. He's got a haircut. He's looking very spring like. Chris Ryan, welcome to hey, Off the Record. Hey, hey, everybody. It's good to be here. Yeah. How are you? He's waving to people as they go by. He's waving to me. That's Just a, like Elizabeth Warren on that uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, right. It's hey! Nice, hey, it's nice to have a wave. Hey, uh, well, we're here. Let's, let's, let's just talk about, let's talk about Washington, D.C. I mean, that's, that's a subject that I know a little bit about from my time there. I'm still in contact with my, uh, with my good buddies. Um, uh, here's a little behind-the-scenes story. So many of you may remember that at a recent judicial House Judiciary Committee hearing. Steve Cohen, who's uh, like the second second in command there at the Judiciary Committee, brought a plastic chicken and a bucket of fried chicken to make fun of the fact that uh, Bill Barr. But big, was the joke on him? Big Bill Barr, Big Bill Barr. There, there ought to be a song, you know, like Davy Crockett, Big Bill Barr. He's a bear of a guy. Won't show up on me, oh my. Big Bill Barr, where you been? I've been hiding under the Muller bin. So anyway, Steve Cohen. Did you just could spontaneously come up with that, or I, is that preplanned? No, no, I just it just rolled off. You know, you should. You have a future in that. I, I know. I, yeah. That's what I do. You know, I mean, I, I write. I, it was a joke. I, I write songs. Yeah. And that was terrible. And it wasn't terrible. You, thank was, you for bringing it up. No, no. It was actually, it's that had a tradition in the, a history and tradition in, in, in that kind of that Davy Crockett type realm. That's right. Davy Crockett, yeah. king of the wild frontier. That's what we, we could use a little Davy Crockett these days. But anyway, my buddy Steve Cohen brought this couple of buckets of Kentucky fried chicken and was seen chowing down on the fried chicken i i i i sent him an email during the fried chicken escapade and i said steve save some for me and he wrote back 
He wrote back as he was sitting there in the Judiciary Committee seat. You wonder what congressmen do. He he had time to write me back to say, no, I'm waiting for you to roast me a chicken, which, you know, I don't know. The only inside joke to that was I made him, I invited him to dinner when we were down there together. I made him chicken. He's never forgotten. He said it was the best roast chicken he'd ever had. But that's the kind of thing that really goes on in Congress. It's members of Congress sitting around joking with their buddies about whether the chicken is fried or roasted. But nobody's gotten to roast Bill Barr because he hasn't shown up. Big Bill Barr, the the bear of the attorney general, is uh, is in hiding. Big Bill Barr has gone undercover because el exigente, el exigente presidente, el presidente Tromposki has said, do not show up. But President Trump had time in the midst of all this to give Vladimir a call. Oh, President Trump, my friend, my Donald, how are you, Donald? You're calling me about Mueller report. No collusion, right? No collusion. No collusion, no collusion. No collusion, no collusion. They talked for an hour. They did the the no collusion congratulatory parade back and forth across the transatlantic phone line from Washington, D.C. to Moscow. They did the no collusion shuffle. And now President Trump has decided that he's implying some new logic. Okay, there's it's called the it's called logic, according to Donald Trump. And it goes like this. I am the law, the law is me. No man is above the law. No man is above me. Therefore, no one can be above me, and I am therefore above the law. It's a rather circular bit of logic that suggests that we're living in a lawless society. And in fact, that's what Jerry Nadler and now even Nancy Pelosi are saying, that um, they say we're in a constitutional crisis. They say, as Nancy Pelosi said um, on TV, that Trump is self-impeaching. There's a whole new process going on here, folks. He is self-impeaching by his obstruction. So Chris Ryan, we've got a self-impeaching president His son, Eric, has been called, is it Eric or Don? No, Don Jr. has been called by the Republican chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee to come and talk about why he said the things he said about the Trump Tower Russia meeting. You all remember that. That was the meeting with the Russian lawyer and all those entertainment figures in which they discussed having dirt on Hillary and after which uh, President Trump on the airplane wrote the letter for his son saying, oh, don't worry about it. We were just talking about adoptions. And uh, apparently Don Jr. has made some remarks to the Senate that they want to hear about. And meanwhile, Donald Trump has said, no, not only is there no collusion, but there's no cooperation Never mind the Constitution, never mind Congress's role, never mind legitimate lawful subpoena from Congress. Nobody talks, nobody testifies, no documents. We are, we are done. The Mueller thing is over. The Russia investigation is over. And poor, poor, pitiful me, the Democrats just want to replay 
the 2016 election. They just, it's sour grapes, that's all. We're done, and Donald Trump has declared, basically, that he and anybody who he knows are above the law. They don't have to comply with anything that Congress wants them to do. What's a poor congressman to do, Chris Ryan? How do you respond? So I think, as as we referenced, you know, there is a a duty that these individuals have to show up for um, hearings when subpoenaed and requested to do so by uh, Congress. And um, the Trump administration is going to test that, and as it has many things before. Um, you know, conventional wisdom and a respect for, um, you know, what our nation is and how individuals should act and, and what decency and decorum they should show, uh, that is out the window in regards to um, this administration and this president. He's going to defy and define things on his own terms. And that's one of the big problems, you know, that exist within a elected uh, representative democracy is that... Um, you know, there are certain things that you just kind of expect individuals of decency and decorum to do. And um, there is not much that can be done when they don't. So the options for members of Congress now are you can, you know, let this go to the courts and let them determine what needs to take place, or you can uh, impeach the uh, the president. And, um, I don't know which direction they're going to to go in, but it seems to me that this is going to more or less come down to the American people. And um, they are going to have to be the arbiters of whether or not this is enough for them. Um, if they see a, a president that has exceeded his constitutional boundaries and that is a big enough problem for them, um, because you know they're looking right now at a nation at relative peace, and, and an economy which is, is growing, and um, the tangible effects may not be um, as substantive for those in the middle as those at the top, but um, people are, are feeling a comfort. Um, and, you know, this is an inter- interesting and challenging election because of, uh, because of that. Uh, it's an interesting and challenging time in American history because if— the American public accepts that a president can simply defy what the Constitution says, because that's what's really going on here. It's not simply defying Congress. What you're, what the president is doing is uh, asserting that he has the powers of a king. And as he's been doing this, his approval numbers have been rising. Well, I don't know about his approval numbers. They're still well water, but I, he's he's. I, been I don't go- know about his approval numbers, but certainly he hasn't been touched, and he seems to believe that he can recast the White House as a palace uh, in which the king's word is uh, is the way it goes, and nobody can cross me, and I what my, I am the law, and that is goes against everything in our jurisprudence in our history. There's nothing in either the courts. Uh, or our American history that suggests that we um, like tyrants, and that is how he's behaving. But is that where people are today? Look at the way that socialism polls. Socialism is a entity in which there is a strong government and a strong government official. Nobody knows what socialism is. In the, nobody, I, I understand. Nobody, I under, I under, nobody when they're polled, knows they don't what know, socialism they, is. They don't know what it is when they're polled upon it, right. but that is a, a, there is... A attitude that exists right now for a anti-democratic strong government anyway? role. 
What is socialism? I mean, socialism is Venezuela. Is? What do you think it is? No, socialism is not necessarily Venezuela. That's a dictatorship. Russia is not socialist. That's a dictatorship. There is no truly socialist society. They've all been taken over by dictators. That, Actually, exactly, because, because socialism breeds dictators. Oh, I don't know what, what socialism breeds. All I can say is people have used propaganda calling it socialism. True socialism uh, really means that uh, the people have the power and the people own uh, the levers of, of commerce and, and, and government. It has very little to do with dictatorship. But putting that aside, if, you're, if you posit that the American people are comfortable with a tyrannical dictator who simply says, I am the law, and forget what the Constitution says about the separation of powers, forget the powers of Congress to hold, uh, to represent the people and hold the president accountable, uh, then we are certainly are at a pivotal time in American history and one in which um, the future of the country, as we have known it, uh, is uh, in tremendous jeopardy. So Donald Trump emerged from a Republican primary uh Showing an affection um, for uh, strong-handed dictators, showing um, a temperament that that is one that is of a strong-handed dictator, and then won a general election, talking about uh, strong and praising strong dictators and showing the temperament of a strong-handed dictator. And as president of the United States has done the exact same thing, so. I don't think that the American people are are stunned by the fact that there is an individual in the Oval Office who is defying Congress and and wants to act as an individual. What's keeping him from being able to do so um, is the foundations of our government, the separation of of powers. So I, I feel like the American people elected someone that has shown who they were going to be and has been said person. The, the, the American people hardly elected Donald Trump. I mean, let's let's be fair. He won an electoral college victory. Hillary outpolled him by three million votes. There was Comey. There was Russia. There was all of that. But let's not even go there. So saying the American people, uh, you're talking about still a minority of the American people. Now, I that am I am as amazed as anybody that whether his polls and his approval rating is 39 or 40 or 41, wherever it is, I am amazed that that large a percentage of the American population still will say they support Donald Trump. It is beyond my comprehension. And I, I admit, I confess to a failure of my thought process, a, a complete and total breakdown of my analytic abilities to be able to understand what motivates anybody at this point to support Donald Trump. If, if perhaps the argument is, well, it's my, my self-interest, um, you know, the unemployment figures um, continuing from when Obama was president, the Obama, um, unemployment figures are, are, are really low in the economy, and I'm, I'm working now, and things are going, and we're not at war with anybody, therefore, I support Donald Trump. I suppose I could understand that. But in the face of this delusional, sociopathic, narcissistic, lying sack of you-know-what who occupies the White House and his thumbing the nose, his thumbing his nose at the Constitution on a daily basis, I find it really difficult. And I confess, if, if somebody out there 
can tell me, can explain it to me, I'd really like to know. Can you, Chris, explain to me? Explain it. You're a Trump kind of guy. You're a you're a Trumpian voter. You you kind of get that whole thing. So first off, you're let's a, let's let me destroy the notion that like, uh, that, that those, Hillary Clinton won the election. You're one of those white male white white male uneducated voters who 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 everybody says goes for Trump. So I, I'm I'm really tired of the Hillary Clinton won the election because she had three million more votes. That I'm is not, like saying I'm not calling you deplorable. Okay, so that is I like never saying called, I never said you were deplorable. That is like saying that the Yankees should have won the division last year instead of the Red Sox because, on aggregate, they scored more runs than they did. You play to win the game. You play to win the election. You campaign differently in an election to win via the electoral college than you would if it were for a popular vote. It doesn't make any sense. So Hillary yeah, Clinton lost the election. I understand, but so that just because she, I understand, it, I'm not. I'm not saying she won the election. You, you're saying that the, the you were saying that you're saying the fact I'm saying that she won the popular vote, right? But that doesn't matter. That's but like for saying the stupid Comey and the Russians. Who knows what would happen? That's like saying that the Yankees scored more runs okay. than the Red Sox, so therefore they should have won the division. Sour grapes. I want a do over. <laughs> I want a do over. I want so, a DQ. I want. It's like the Kentucky Derby. I just, I, the the argument that we've seen the Democratic Party about the Electoral College to me is one that is it is it is ridiculous. Um, it's not going to take place during this election cycle, and to to think that the that Donald Trump wouldn't have been elected in in that circumstance or Gore and others. I understand it's 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 shaded more towards Democrats and hurting them than Republicans. But the fact of the matter is that um, you play the election, you play the game differently based upon what the rules are. So there is, if there were a popular vote, there is no conclusive uh, mechanism on my part to look at this and say, for sure, Hillary Clinton would have won if it were just a popular vote. Uh, in terms of the Donald Trump voters and the psyche of those voters, um, there's a lot of things at play. But um, I think first and foremost... Individuals look at politicians and see that all individuals are corrupt in their view and that um, Donald Trump speaks to them. They understand what he says and how he says it, and um, they feel that he fights for uh, for them. And they're not going to take any evidence of the contrary in any way, shape, or form. They are true believers. And whatever he says, he can you know cast, whether it's folks in the media or individuals that oppose him in any way and say, nope, it's them, and say it with such conviction, despite the um, mistruths and everything else that has been pushed forth, those folks will believe him for whatever purpose or reason. There you go, folks. You heard it from the horse's mouth. You heard it from Chris Ryan delving deep into the psyche of the Trump voter. No matter what he does, no matter what he says, he can talk about shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue, he can talk about shooting immigrants, he can lie, steal, and cheat. They love him anyway. If only, as a politician, when I was in office, I could have done the same, but no, I was honest. That's the other thing. I, I mean, there's honest. a completely different set of standards. I was straight. It's a completely different world, but all we can say is, if this is the world we have going forward, 
it's time for a change. This is Paul Hodes on Off the Record on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. Join a tour, celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. Don't go away. We'll be back with some more spirited conversation on Off the Record with Paul Hodes. Welcome back to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where we are archived for your binge-listening pleasure. Spend a day with Off the Record. Just listen one after the other to some of our past shows. You can also find us as a podcast on Google and Stitcher and iTunes when you're wandering the streets of New Hampshire like... The streets of Laredo with your earplugs plugged in. You can listen to us on the go. What not the 21st century wonderful? And we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those who are suffering from Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life with the Birches by calling 224-9111. And in this segment... Of Off the Record, I'm joined by a guy with a lot to say. I'm joined by Hi, a Paul, guy. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm joined by a guy who's got a lot on his mind and a mouth that never stops. I'm joined by <laughs> the, the voice of the streets of Concord, the mean streets man himself, the guitar-playing fool, John Bressler. Welcome to Off the Record. Thanks, Paul. I, could, I couldn't help but hear the end of your last segment. Yeah. And it it just reminded me of something going around about the new strain of fact-resistant humans. <laughs> How uh, does that go? Well, you know, the, the German uh, auteur uh, cinema uh, uh, man, Werner Herzog, says... Werner. Werner and the bomb. That's going to be the he, new he, name for, he our, says, for America, our side project band. America is waking up to a reality that Germany knows where one-third of its people want to kill another third of its people while another third just want to watch. That's a tough place to be for a country. Well, we are are in a constitutional crisis. We do have a president who is fact-resistant, and as your previous uh, host said, there are many people who will accept anything that he says— uh, but it's led us to a place where the rule of law is in question and what the future of our republic is is in question. Like many other republics, we may have reached our shelf life where an autocrat comes in and begins to destroy the rule of law in favor of very rich and powerful segments of our society who would like to be in control. It's the ultimate expression of the corporatocracy of America. And 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 this uh this guy, this this rancid, turgid narcissist who we must refer to as president begrudgingly, um this turgid 
this turgid excuse for a human. Um, and the good news about America is I can still say things like that, and the secret police are not yet at my door. But, of course, if Donald Trump has his way, when I say things like that, they will be at my door because that ultimately is what happens in an autocratic, tyrannical uh, dictatorship of the kind that Donald Trump seems to favor. Um, but it is a crucial time as Americans. We go about our lives here, um, happy that the sun is shining, that we're not wearing winter coats. There are people in shorts on the street, and the sun is out. The leaves are coming out on the trees again. All seems fine. Uh, on the other hand, the United Nations tells us that uh, millions of species are facing extinction. And I, and I feel like we're at the brink where American democracy is facing extinction. I feel like the, the crisis is, is severe enough um, that it is um, uh, of a different order than it, we've had in the past. It's of an order, Paul, where children have to tackle gunmen in our schools. The president says nothing. This is something we're used to seeing in Iraq, in Iran, in, in third world, world How, countries where children get turned into bombers. There have already been, what, 15 school shootings this year, this year alone. I mean, so what? And we hear nothing. And we hear absolutely zero from the White House about it. It's all fine and dandy because donors from the NRA gave him thirty million dollars. Well, I mean, you know the, and 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 this gun violence, uh, these shootings are generally committed by young white males. Uh, and generally committed with uh, military-style assault weapons. And, you know, I mean, in a country like New Zealand, when there was a tragic and terrible shooting, within weeks they passed a law and they took took all the military assault rifles. They banned them. They simply said no. They simply stopped. There was immediate action. Now, that's... That's a democracy on the other side of the world. And uh, I don't, we never heard about the entire population rising up. What, what have you done to take away my rights? Um, and in this country, it seems to me that that is symptomatic of a much deeper dysfunction that is system wide. Um, we suffered a couple of shocks to our system in the 21st century. The first was 9 11, which Um, put us on an eternal war footing. The second was the financial collapse, which took away our sense of economic security. Ten years ago, smartphones were introduced, and now there isn't a person that I know of who doesn't walk around glued to their screen with the ability to amplify their voice across all of humanity with the press of a few buttons. It's given everybody the power of the podium, which used to be reserved only for a few. And we, we can't catch up with what that technology is doing to the brain. And meanwhile, meanwhile, there is, while we say there's an economic recovery, vast swaths of the country 
are left behind by the recovery. The Rust Belt is rusting. Um, uh, Trump apparently believes that a 25% tariff uh, on goods from China, which will be paid for by American consumers, will somehow resurrect the manufacturing industries in this country um, is, is good medicine. But putting that aside, there is this deep, deep anxiety that pervades and an atmosphere of lawlessness and violence that emanates from the White House itself. It used to be that the president was a moral leader for the country. It used to be that the president was the person we looked to for guidance in times of crisis. It used to be that the president represented the highest aspirations of the American ideal. And today... We're dealing with a criminal in the White House um, and a criminal administration. It, it does raise the question, Paul, if the Mueller report truly exonerates the president, why would he not allow it to be made public? Why would he not allow Mueller to, to testify, McGahn to testify? It seems that his words and his actions never really add up. He's a guy who will go out and whoop up his supporters into a frenzy, but he'd sell him down the river at a nickel a pop. Well, it's a sad time. Um, and, I, I, you know, I don't mean to always be a, a whiner and a complainer. And I feel, I feel kind of bad about whining and complaining. Um, on the other hand, uh, what's, what's to be done? So if Congress in the face of the obstruction of justice by the attorney general, who lied, by the way, he perjured himself, the criminal attorney general, and you've got a criminal president, and surrounded by criminals and taking criminal action, which is the obstruction of justice, or as Nancy Pelosi said, he's self-impeaching the obstruction of the Congress's lawful role under the, under the Constitution is itself obstruction of justice. So, folks, even if, even if the Mueller report has, has nothing in it of any substance, even if the Russian investigation, uh, the investigation into Russian interference in the election wa- went nowhere, even with all that, once Congress says... We want you to show up. We want your documents. We want testimony from the people who work with you. We want, and we're uh, making these demands. And once the president says, no, no way, Jose, my way or the highway, nobody's going to show up to talk. No documents are going to be produced. It's done. It's over. I don't care what you say, Congress. Isn't that in and of itself obstructing justice? Isn't Congress's inquiry a lawful inquiry and investigation? And isn't the president simply obstructing justice by instructing people not to testify? Well, of course, in the Constitution, Congress is given power as the Act I powers. The executive are the Act II powers. The role of Congress in the separation of powers is to have oversight. And when there is a sufficient body of case law going back to the founding of our democracy, our republic, I should say, 
that, in fact, Congress has the right of oversight and the duty, yes, you are correct. It is not only an abrogation of the role of the president, but also breaking the law. So I saw a very, I had an interesting thought because I had a discussion with a smart guy. I think it was you, in fact. I think you're, you're the smart guy I talked to. <laughs> and uh, one of the suggestions that we had in uh, our conversation was what else, what other arrows in the quiver of Congress exist? I mean, on the one hand, we can issue subpoenas. We can hold people in contempt. And the House Judiciary Committee has now voted to hold the Attorney General of the United States in contempt of Congress for refusing the lawful demand for the unredacted Mueller I, report. I would add that still has to go before the has entire Congress. Yeah, it has to go before the House. And the House, by the way, with the Democratic majority, is no doubt going to hold Bill Barr, the, the perjuring criminal attorney general, in contempt. Um, but what else does Congress have the power to do? They can continue to subpoena people. They can continue to hold people in contempt. They can... Ultimately, um, complete their investigation as best they can. They can bring impeachment proceedings in the House. But what else? There must be something else. So what do we do? Do we send out the sergeant at arms from the House and the Capitol Police to arrest Bill Barr? Is that what we do? Do we send them down to the White House to arrest the president? I mean, what, what's to be done? Well... The Congress Folks, controls, a, light, a light bulb has just Congress gone out. Has just gone the over John's appropriation head. of money. Ah, money. The purse strings. The power of the purse. It's off the record with Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where we are also a uh, podcast for on Google and Stitcher and iTunes. Um, you can listen to us while you're walking around. You can find us at nhtalkradio.com archived. And we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. We're talking with John Bressler, the irrepressible man about town, a man with lots of thoughts and opinions. Um, and a good talker. And we'll be back after this to talk some more. Don't go away. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where we are archived for your binge listening pleasure. We're a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes, and brought to you by. The Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. And I want to welcome back John Bressler, my buddy, my guitar playing friend, my sidekick, my irrepressible man about town for another chat here on Off the Record. So in our history, those of us who are old enough to remember 
find it very hard to believe that we're in another place like we were with Richard Nixon or perhaps worse. But I think the, it's a little worse. But the, the idea of the purse strings uh, really, when you think about the Vietnam War, the beginning of the end of the Vietnam War was the Church Amendment when Senator Frank Church said, we're going to stop funding the war. And ultimately, that may be the only recourse of this Congress. They fund the White House. They fund uh, the uh, Department of Justice. And if they're not doing their job, cut off their funding. So a, uh, along those lines, when uh, John and I talked about this the other day, I went digging around to see whether any other smart people other than Mr. Bressler had thought of this little escapade, just stop the money. Stop, just stop it. And I came across a report um, that House Democrats are threatening the salaries of Interior, Commerce, and Justice Department staff if they block ongoing committee investigations. Apparently, my old colleague, House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings, a Democrat from uh, Maryland uh, with whom I served proudly uh, on that same Oversight and Government Reform Committee, uh, sent letters earlier this week calling for eight current and former Trump administration officials to provide information for two of the House Committee's investigations um, and letting them know that officials who blocked the interviews from taking place could see their salaries withheld. What he wrote was, quote, please be advised that any official of the department who, quote, prohibits or prevents, unquote, or, quote, attempts or threatens to prohibit or prevent, unquote, any officer or employee of the federal government from speaking with the committee could have his or her salary withheld pursuant to Section 713 of the Financial Services and General Government Appropriations Act, Cummings wrote. And this is a really important development. We could simply stop paying these people. And the move is, is clearly the latest move in what we now see as an escalating uh, constitutional crisis and a power struggle between the Trump administration and House Democrats who are intent on completing multiple investigations, investigations that are pending in the Oversight and Government Reform Committee that are pending in financial services concerning his taxes. And Mr. Mnuchin at the Treasury has re simply refused to supply Trump's taxes, although the workaround may be to get them from New York State, from the Intelligence Committee, which still um, is, is, seeking, is seeking information from Ways and Means. Uh, actually, I misspoke. Financial services is after the Deutsche Bank information. It's Ways and Means that's after the tax information. I'm sorry I misspoke. Richie Neal at and ways and means you can't tell these players without a scorecard because there are just too many investigations into the criminality going on. But clearly that tensions that have existed between the White House and Congress have now erupted into a full-blown uh, cri uh, constitutional crisis with President Trump telling reporters simply no uh, telling reporters he's going to fight all the subpoenas and prohibit anybody uh, from testifying. And to that end, the White House has directed multiple officials 
to ignore requests by House Democrats to turn over documents to the committee. Um, The Oversight and Government Reform Committee recently noted that seven of eight interview requests recently made uh, related to the panel's probes were denied or remained simply unanswered. One interview request was about the 2020 census. Um, Another was whether Interior Secretary uh, David Bernhardt and his staff had complied with federal record-keeping laws. So uh, additionally, letters have been sent to um, the Department of Interior, uh, the Office of the Deputy Secretary, the Acting Chief of Staff and Associate Deputy Secretary for Interior, four officials on the Interior probe, none of whom has answered, none of whom has agreed to show up, um, and the and the department has um, uh, failed to provide, refused to provide documents requested by the committee, despite receiving the request in March. So, you've got the Government Oversight and Reform Committee, the Over- Oversight and Government Reform Committee, which is the committee most clearly and centrally charged with rooting out malfeasance with dealing with problems with record keeping, dealing with problems with bad financial audits, dealing with problems of the misuse or abuse or non-use of government power uh, in the, to the derogation of the rights of the citizens and the people of the United States. Um, and they're now forced to sending out these, the committee is now forced to send out letters to all kinds of departments um, uh, who are members of the executive branch Uh, Because the people aren't showing up and they're refusing to produce documents. But what happens? I mean, we had the government shutdown. We saw what happened then when government was strangled by the overall government shutdown. But what happens when you're a government official and you've been told by Donald Trump, do not answer them, do not go there, do not send them any documents, give it up, forget about it. What happens? What happens when they refuse? What happens is if Congress gets smart, they simply say, fine, no paycheck for you, Bubby. Bubby, no paycheck. You care about, you, you want to feed your family? No paycheck. You're, you won't comply? No paycheck. I kind of like the no paycheck approach, John. Well, if you refuse to do the people's business, you shouldn't get paid. Well, wait a second. The counter to that is I've been given an offer. I'm only following orders. I've been ordered by, by the know, White House. I'm only following orders. There was, a, a, I thought, a very funny uh, concept by Thomas Friedman in yesterday's New York Times. He controlled Donald Trump's ability to bend people, Republicans, in his administration to his will to Yuri Geller, the paranormal Israeli would bend spoons. What <laughs> happens to people in the orbit of Donald Trump where they begin to accept that black is white, truth are lies? In fact, I read yesterday, this, this precept really got me. Bill Barr is now investigating Democrats. The Democrats are trying to get him removed from office. Isn't that obstruction of justice? 
Oh, my, oh, my. Logic stands on its head in the United States. We've been talking with John Bressler on Off the Record with Paul Hodes, WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life with the Birches by calling 2249. This is your host, Paul Hodes. We'll be back after this. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com and brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life of the Birches by calling 224-9111. Well, folks, I really appreciate that you all take a few moments to listen to this show. Uh, I have the privilege of a microphone and get to kind of share my unvarnished, unfiltered rants about the criminality in the White House and in the administration. It's a sad, sad time in America, but help is on the way. Congress is flexing its muscles. Subpoenas are coming. Contempt citations are coming. Impeachment is coming. Uh, The lawless, reckless reign of the tyrant will not last. And we talked with John Bressler about some of those same subjects. Um, It's just uh, every week brings new outrage to what it means to be an American. Uh, The one thing I can say, folks, is 2020 can't come too soon. Get involved. Vote. Vote for somebody who will restore integrity, justice, truth, fairness, compassion, and facts to the White House. Vote for somebody who understands science. Vote for somebody who respects the dignity of human beings. Vote for somebody who cares about what it means to be an American. Vote for somebody who puts the interest of their country above themselves. It's Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM. Thanks to our great sponsor, the Birches of Concord. Thanks to you all for listening. We'll be back next week with more Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM.